Hello everybody, welcome to Success Defined. I'm Ben McDonald and today we're joined by somebody that went into multiple large organizations, learned as an employee and then made the leap to become an, an employer, to become an entrepreneur and a business owner. Chris Hervishan, owner of SOAR, A Better Way CPA. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I want to work backwards, right? So uh, you as a financial director, left a, a strong position mm -hmm. to then start your own business. What made you take that leap of becoming a business owner? Uh, it's a really good question. So um, I had a moment uh, a little over a year ago where um, you know, I was having a one-to-one -one with my boss. We did that every week. And at some point during the conversation, it was just kind of like, I need to be doing something else. Okay. And I texted my wife and I said, um, I, I need to do something else, basically. And so that, that idea kind of uh, festered and marinated for like six months. Mm -hmm. um, went to a conference in Las Vegas with a bunch of young CPAs and a lot of folks my age who had gone out and, and opened firms on their own or who had bought firms and stuff like that. And so I started picking their brain, just got a lot of perspective. And so the, the short version of the story that I like to tell folks because it's more entertaining is that I was at the craps table and I texted my wife and I said, I'm, I'm quitting my job, I'm going to go do this. <laughs> um, the, the actual story is a little bit more, <laughs> is a little bit longer and a little bit more PC, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. Um, and so I came home from that conference and the next day I, I quit my job. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Now, you did not quit your job and go into something that was brand new. I did not. So, did not. so let's explain that a little bit. I've got a couple questions for you. Yeah. So I had this this side hustle for about seven years at that point, mm -hmm. and um, it was something that slowly grew. Uh, very tax heavy, um, tax and tax and accounting, but very tax heavy. Okay. And you know, last year, right around this time, it 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 it, it, it had grown to the point. It just grew every year, and it had grown to the point where it's like this either needs to grow or go away. Okay. And so that kind of played into this too. And so I basically just made that decision like, look, I've already got this thing. Um, why not see what we can do with it and, and do it full time? Yeah, a couple of things in your life came to a head. You, you had yeah. that conversation and that realization with, yeah. with your uh, supervisor, boss, and you went to this, uh, this event and that reaffirmed what you had thought six months prior. Yeah. And you've got this side hustle that's becoming something real. Yeah. So it's like everything hit at the same time. And yeah, exactly right. Just talking to those folks at that conference, um, and you know, some of them are, are, are good friends of mine. You know, they, they just kind of shared what their experience has been, and all of them have been successful. All of them, yeah. right? Um, and I've got a business coach who, who says the same thing. Like, look, you know, CPAs rarely go out of business. You know, it's a, it's a skill set that's very much in demand. Um, you know, and if you think about going out into the future, if you can kind of iterate yourself along with what the market's going to demand, like you're probably going to be pretty successful. But right. you know, you just have to be intentional about it, and um, you know, rip the bandaid off. Yeah, basically. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So let's talk side hustle for a little bit. Yeah, you did something on the side for seven years. That's that's a long commitment. <laughs> yeah. Without going one way or another. So why did you even want to start a side hustle? What gave you that desire to start something? Um. You know, when I first started, I would say it was probably just a, a need to explore. Okay. Um, you know, there's there, uh, accounting is is very very broad. You know, and at that point, I was doing uh, forensic accounting, and um, I started this business right at the tail end of my of my um, tenure in forensic accounting, and then right into the time when I went to J.P. Morgan Chase to go do corporate. Okay. And so. 
Um, I knew I wanted to do, to do corporate. I knew that there was a need for small businesses where I was living at the time. Um, and I had some tax experience doing taxes for, for friends and family and stuff like that. So I just figured, you know, <clears throat> maybe I can just explore this a little bit more yeah. and start a business. It was a side hustle, very, very small. And then, you know, maybe if it grows to the point where I can go out on my own, maybe I'll do that. Um, at that particular point, it was very, very naive in, <laughs> in what it actually took to grow a business to that point where I would, where at that point I would have felt comfortable just going out and just, you know, young family and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, it basically just kind of marinated for seven years and went through different iterations and kind of grew through word of mouth, zero marketing, zero. And, uh, you know, got to the point where it had grown by word of mouth enough where I felt like I had a big enough base where if I just took it and grew it a little bit and focused on growing it, then you know, you do it full time. So yeah. that's what I did. Perfect. Yeah, I like it. So, so let's keep working backwards yep. uh, because you were what, a senior accountant at JP Morgan Chase, correct? Correct. Okay. There's a couple. There's a couple of positions in between there, though. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, but either way, so you worked for a, a major organization, Huge. right? So we're talking one of the, the biggest organizations in the world. Yep. Um, being an employee at such a big corporation compared to now being a small business owner, um, what were one or two of those lessons you were able to take away from being an employee at one of those big companies to now being a business owner? Um, so a couple of things, I would say that the things that are driving me today are the things that I learned there specifically, or the, or the things that um, I came to realize when I was there. Okay. Um, so I'll give you two. And she asked for two. Perfect. So my direct manager at that time, um, I was kind of, I was at the point in my career where I was thinking about automation and thinking about how we can do things differently, more efficiently. Um, because to be frank, I didn't really like data entry and I didn't like some of the more mundane stuff. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be more efficient. Yeah. Uh, and so <clears throat> she used to tell me, well, Chris, we want you to think outside of the box, but we want you still touching the box. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Direct quote. And, um, you know, at that point it was kind of interesting, but um, you know, everybody's definition of what is touching the box and what the actual box is is different. Um, and so, I don't know. That's that's always kind of bothered, not bothered me a little bit, but it's always something I've just kind of kept in the back of my mind. Like, you know, why do we need to be inside the box all the time? Why do we need to be touching the box all the time? Why can't we go push the limits and see where see where, where we can get to? And then the other um, interesting call it experience or, or takeaway that I took from that was her manager. She had a nice corner cube because at JP Morgan, if, if you, you know, where I worked in, in Wilmington, Delaware, if you're going to have an office, you're <laughs> pretty high up the chain, right? Yeah. If you had a corner cube, you were, you know, okay. you, were, you were doing something. Um, <laughs> so she had this, this nice corner cube and she had this big whiteboard and you've probably seen the image, but on her whiteboard, I had never seen it at this point, bottom left corner, it said, there's a box. It said your comfort zone on the inside. And then on the top right corner, there's a little dot and it said where the magic happens. And so I'd never seen that graphic. It's apparently, it's yeah. apparently pretty popular, yeah. but, um, you know, always kind of stuck in the back of my mind. Like, you know, if you're going to be in your comfort zone all the time, um, you're just going to get what the folks around you, yeah. you know, you know, from an employee's perspective, allow you to have, right. you know, you're never going to make your own way. You're never going to determine how successful you're going to be. Well, to an extent. And so, you know, that always, that, I've, I've never gotten that image out of my mind, and so I try to make sure that I'm not in my comfort zone very much. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how, how things like that stick with you, right? Mm -hmm. And it has obviously a major impact. It, it 
stayed that long with you and, and still today is one of those driving forces. Exactly right. So, um, so let's start to pivot towards your actual business, right? Mm -hmm. um, but before we actually get into the nuts and bolts of what you do, uh, what's in one or two arbitrary numbers, right, obviously, but what are one or two of those misperceptions you had going into business, right? Because you had a side hustle for seven years, you have a pretty good idea of what that side hustle looks, but now when this is your full-time income, your full-time job, what are some of those misperceptions you thought it was gonna be a certain way and it was a different way or you didn't think something was gonna be a, a major priority, but it became that, and anything in that realm? Yeah, um, the first thing I would say is that you have to have a perfect product or service when you're first starting. Okay. Because you don't. Right. You have to have a minimally viable um, product or service that you can deliver to a customer confidently that you can do well, um, but it doesn't have to be perfect. The back end doesn't have to be perfect. You know, the client, the stuff that doesn't face a client doesn't have to be perfect. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you just need to be able to deliver a good product, you know, or a good service. Yep. Right. Um, so it's like the, like the Facebook um, saying, you know, done is better than good. Yeah. That kind of thing. Right. You know, just be able to deliver something and deliver it well. Do you think that in We'll get back to this, but do yeah. you think that's why you had that side hustle for seven years instead of making a leap of actually making it a full-time thing? Was um, that, that pursuit was... of perfection, perfection something in your mind? Pro yeah, probably, yeah. probably. Especially with kind of my mindset, just being really, really efficient, being able to automate different things. You know, if it, if it wasn't gonna rise to those standards and it, you know, it just could yeah, exactly right. Okay. It's hard. It's harder to pull the trigger if, if what's in your mind is not perfect, and yeah. so that so you think if it's not perfect to me, then it's not going to be good enough to a customer. Got it? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So sorry, I, I interrupted. No, 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 that's good. But keep going. So any other misperceptions of of uh, going into a full time? Yeah. So I think the second thing is marketing. Okay. Um, so uh, so I'm an accountant, right? right? Not not a marketer. Um, <laughs> just having the maybe the misperception of where the business is actually going to come from when you first start. Okay. It's mostly been word of mouth. Yep. You know, the, I think it's easy to get an idea in your head like, oh, I can just go run a bunch of Facebook ads and like clients are just going to come pouring in tomorrow. I'll be rich. You know, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, <laughs> the, the, the easiest and the best way to actually build business is to actually go do the work and sit down with people and talk to them. Um, I joined a BNI group. A lot of my businesses come from BNI. And the way that business comes from being I is you just kind of just you show up every week. Okay. You're yeah. consistent. You talk to people. Yeah. You do one to ones. Um, when you get up to do your presentation, it's good. It's clear. It's concise. Um, those sorts of things, right? It's not about just throwing ads up on the internet and AdWords, Facebook, or whatever it is, and just having business for it. Yeah. It's just not how it works. Not in my business anyway. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, a lot of the people that are listening are in some type of service business and so yep. a lot of times it's the same thing right yep. if you're a, a cpa you're a financial planner anything like that yep. your that relationship is important yep. and so in your role that word of mouth those referrals are because people actually believe in you they've experienced what you've been able to offer them exactly right so, you got to fill the no, no like and trust buckets yeah i mean if you can't I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to do that when you're not face-to-face -face talking to somebody yeah yeah it makes sense okay so let's jump into soar um talk about exactly what soar is and then we'll keep going uh, kind of down that rabbit hole sure so soar is a cpa firm mm -hmm. um sole practitioner cpa firm 
I offer a service called a Wayfinder. I offer outsourced accounting and taxes. So everybody knows what taxes right. are. A Wayfinder is basically um, you know, sitting down with the client and doing the due diligence on your business, figuring out exactly where you are and where you want to get to, and then how you're going to get there. Um, so KPI development, um, looking into your financial processes, um, you know, looking at the environment that you're operating in, how you're operating, um, tools and softwares that you use, who your clients are, all that stuff, right? That's what we look at. So that's like step one, okay. ideally. And then outsourced accounting is basically the implementation of all of that. Okay. So um, taking on the, the bookkeeping and the accounting, automating it as much as possible so we get good, clean data to work with. Um, and then delivering value on the back end by, um, you know, meeting with the clients, um, talking, telling the story of what's going on in their business, what levers they can pull in their business to, to move their business forward. So it's all about getting from the business that you have, the business that you want. And that's yeah. kind of what that outsourced accounting is about. It's not just doing the bookkeeping. It's providing that value, that, that strategic advice that, um, you know, I think sometimes is missing in, in more traditional service offerings. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So what... With those processes, those offerings, what problems are you solving uh, for business owners and for businesses? Good question. So a lot of my, so I talk about the four pillars of business strategy. Okay. Um, customer acquisition and sales. Um, financial strategy, people and culture, and then risk management. Now, that's in order, right? That's in the order that I prioritize them. I think the last two are, I mean, those are debatable, right? And then. And they, they generally um, work their way through the maturity cycle of a business. But um, you know, the, a lot of my customers they fall into that that first two. Okay. Those those first two pillars. Yep. It's either customer acquisition or it's financial strategy. Now, why does it go that way? Well, if you don't have clients and you don't have revenue, you don't have revenue, then you don't have a business. Right. Right. Um, and if you don't have enough revenue, then your business isn't. You're just not going to be able to support yourself. Literally support yourself. Yeah. So develop KPIs around that, you know, if that's the problem. If you've got enough revenue, if you've got enough clients, stuff like that, um, then we can kind of move into financial strategy. So cash flow, you know, is is the revenue great, but the cash flow is not so great? Well, then there's levers that we can pull to fix that, yep. right? Um, pricing, stuff like that. Yeah. All things, all things, and then you know, once those problems have been solved, we can get into people and culture. Do you have enough people? Do you have the right people? Is your culture good? Do you have problems in um, recruiting things like that? And then risk management, which is you know, kind of the, the tail end that comes after after those things. Mm -hmm. But those are the problems that we're trying to solve. Yeah. The way that we solve that is by getting good data and tracking it and having conversations and um, you know, know, knowing that we're working in the in the correct financial framework. Gotcha. Yep, makes sense. And and what is what's setting SOAR apart from the other CPA firms down the road from you? All of those things that yeah. I just I just listed. Most CPA firms, um, you know, they're they're doing the traditional bookkeeping, which is you know just data entry. Um, a lot of what I hear from clients is, well, my CPA is not proactive enough. I don't know what I'm paying for. I actually just had that one. <laughs> A new client came yeah. in. Yeah, my CPA has been doing my accounting, but I don't know what I'm. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's, it's those sort of things. Just being more proactive, you know, being in, getting in front of clients on a more regular basis. Yep. Um, the automation, uh, automation is something that I'm uh, very heavily focused on just because I think it, it takes the focus away from the things that are not value add, puts it more toward the things that are, that are value add, 
the insight that you get from the data. Yeah. Um, data driven, you know, everything is data now. There's more data today than there was yesterday. It's gonna be that way, you know, for as long as we're alive. And so what are we doing with that data? Yeah. What are we doing, what are we, how are we using it to inform decisions that we're making in our business? Um, well, that's, then, that's the thing, right? So there's more data than ever before, but it's the implementation of it. Like, how do you actually take that data yeah. and apply it to your business? Exactly right. That, there's a major disconnect there. Oh, sure. Yeah, and sure. You're, you're connecting that, those gaps between the data and letting these business owners use it. Sure, yeah, I mean, there's, there's tons of data. A lot of business owners don't even know what data they have or how to get to the data or what they can do with it. So that, and that kind of goes back to the, um, the business strategy, the four pillars of business strategy and the KPI development. And that's part of the reason why during, in the Wayfinder I ask, well, what pieces of software are you using in your business? Because if I know what software that you're using in your business, I know what data that you're generating, whether you know it or not. Yep. And then we can kind of think about warehousing it. So if the data is available and it's warehoused, we can get to it. And then if okay. we know where you need to be focusing as far as strategy, we know what kind of KPIs we need and whether or not that data is gonna support those KPIs. Yep. Yeah, don't make sense. And then from there, it's just visualization. Yeah. So you're still early into this being a full-time thing, right? You've done it for eight years, but right. you're eight or nine months into this being your full-time uh, go. Right. So what's what's the vision that you have uh, for the business? Where where are you trying to take SOAR? Right. So, um, you know, I want to be um, developing my outsourced accounting practice. I want to be helping business owners to create that time, money, and freedom from their business by putting these processes in place and, and you know working through that with them. So always iterating, always building a better mousetrap. Um, the profession is changing a lot, and so being ahead of that change and realizing where that change is going to come from. Um, you know, a lot of people don't realize like seventy-five percent of the firm owners who are practicing today are going to retire inside of ten years, and so there's going to be a lot of opportunity in the space there you know, just from that vacuum that's gonna happen. Yeah. And not to mention from the technology, we've got, you know, we're talking about blockchain, we're talking about AI, we're talking about machine learning, we're talking about data. All that stuff is gonna play into that. And so there's gonna be more clients because there's gonna be, you know, hopefully more small businesses right. that are not being uh, serviced by existing CPAs. And Or um, even if they are, most of these, like you said, most of these existing CPAs aren't doing the in-depth stuff that they should be doing anyways. Right, right, exactly right. And you know, we're seeing it, it's the same thing on the tax side, or actually I'll talk about the bookkeeping side for a minute. Uh, QuickBooks um, Live just came out, yeah. QuickBooks just came out with a new product. So for 200 bucks you get QuickBooks Advanced and you have you know a, a person who's a bookkeeper for you, right? Well, that's all well and good and it's cheap and cheap is good, but very, very, it's got to be very, very standardized. So is it right for your business? Don't know. Same thing's happening on the tax side. So we see TurboTax for free. Right. Um, so great, you can go file your tax return online, but what happens when you have a question? What happens when you need to go back and get your tax return two years later because you're going to get a mortgage? Right. Well, I just had a client that came to me two weeks ago. This happened to her. I said, you know, she said I had a good experience. Um, with you, you know, a couple years ago, I tried TurboTax for free last year, it didn't work out. I said, okay, well, I didn't file your tax return last year. Um, can you give me a copy? Sure. Goes back to TurboTax. Well, they want me to pay whatever it is. It was prohibitively expensive for her. Yeah, okay. She comes back and she's like, they're holding my tax return hostage. It's like, well, you know, that's what happens. You have now become the product. So it's happening in bookkeeping, it's happening in tax, it's happening on social media, 
you're the product, right? And so I think we're gonna see a shift back the other way. Where, you know, because humans are inherently social social yeah. beings and um, not everybody fits in this one bucket, yeah. in this one box. And it's, it's the same way for everybody's business, it's the same way for everybody's taxes. And so being aware that that change is gonna come and that shift is gonna come and kind of staying ahead of it, layering on the technology piece, understanding where the market's gonna be, I think that's kind of how I see my business fitting in. Does that make sense? It does, it makes perfect sense. Great, yeah. no, I love it. And you've got, I mean, that was a clear vision. Like, you know where you think the, uh, the industry's going, what's going to be important, mm -hmm. and how you're gonna play a role in it. Absolutely. So I, I love it, absolutely. Um, not a lot of the small business owners, especially people that are um, on the the smaller side of, uh, or on the earlier side of having it be their full-time thing, have that type of, of clear vision and idea of how they can play a role. I, pre I appreciate yeah. that, so I, I like that a lot. So um, let's get more on the philosophical side a little bit. So um, we talked about the vision of the business, where you think that's going. What's your vision? Where, where do you want to be? What role do you want to be playing in the world? Things like that. Do I want to be playing in the world? Yeah. Hopefully just making um, small businesses better and more profitable okay. for, their, for their owners their stakeholders um, from a business perspective yep. right um, I want to be advancing these ideas that I have about the profession because I think it's important I think the CPA profession is important I think it plays an important role in society because we're trusted advisors right yep. and so we're held to these very high ethical standards and we're advising folks on their on, on stuff that's really really personal and really really important um, so and I think I can do that by um, you know sharing these ideas on where I see the profession going and volunteering inside the profession and, and things like that. Um, another one I, I I would like to help facilitate change is education, um, both inside the profession and outside the profession. That's one of my bucket list items. All right. Uh, realizing that that education is not a piece of paper or which is the you know degree or diploma or whatever it is. It's you know it's about what you've learned and what you can apply. Yep. And sometimes those things don't necessarily um, coincide. Okay. And um, you know. Um, certainly, you know, the latter is a lot cheaper than the former <laughs> in a lot in a lot of cases. I mean, you, know, you, know, you think about the you know the accounting knowledge base. I mean, you could go get that for a hundred bucks. You know, right. using various online courses and sources and stuff like yeah. that. It doesn't necessarily need to cost you one hundred fifty thousand bucks. But you know, just kind of furthering that conversation about um, education, um, furthering those ideas inside of the profession. That's and those two, they go together. Yeah. So that's kind of. Um, more broadly, my vision. Yeah, no, that makes sense, I like it. So, um, what are one or two of those pain points that you're experiencing in your business right now? Um, well, it's convenient that you're asking me that during tax season. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's uh, You know, when, when and how to hire, when's it appropriate to hire, okay. when should you think, be thinking about hiring. Um, pricing is always gonna be, for a service-based business, pricing is always gonna be one of those things, those pain points. Yep. Um, and nobody's got a, a silver bullet for that, right. I, I don't think. Um, those are probably the two biggest things. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I am going through a growth phase, and it is the busiest time of the year. So it, you know, just trying to figure out um, how do I want to grow, what I want that to look like, um, how big do I want it to get from an employee perspective, yeah. you know, what can the business support, things like that. Right. Um, and, I, and I work from home, too. So okay. that, that all kind of plays in together. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm, I'm having this conversation, well, do I get an office? If I get an office, do I hire locally? I don't know. Um, you know, our talent pool is not as big as it would be in some in somewhere like Atlanta or, right, or, right. or a bigger city like Charlotte where you're, you know, you're where you're from. Um, yeah. But then again, you know, if you keep it as a home-based business um, and you have remote work, you can pull the best talent from anywhere in the country. Right. So that's a conversation that I'm Well, I mean, Hilton Head's a pretty good destination. Exactly. So, so exactly. this whole area, Savannah, Hilton Head, that whole, people are okay to come here. Yeah, 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 they are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a grow. Yeah, it's growing, right? Um, so those are kind of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about, how to, how to grow and how to do it the right way, yeah. as opposed to that it's got to be done now. Perfect. So how do you balance your this vision what you want to do as an individual what you want the business to do worrying about growing how do you handle all that future stuff the grand vision type stuff with your day-to-day -day responsibilities how do you balance that you got to be really really intentional okay what does that look like for you let's get tactical here a little bit okay so for instance on my calendar every single day there's an hour blocked off for learning time okay so Go learn something, right. whatever, whatever, whatever it's going to be. It, sometimes that's reading a book that I'm kind of working through, um, that's related to my business somehow. Um, sometimes it's listening to a podcast. Sometimes it's listening to an ebook or a, uh, an audible book, stuff like that. Blocking off that time, yeah. Um, blocking off the time and the money to go to conferences. So that does a couple of things. Um, generally, it, it um, exposes you to the most advanced ideas that are happening in the profession. I think it's especially true in accounting. Um, two, it re-energizes you about what you are doing. Yep. And three, it exposes you to the people who are there and also thinking about the things that you're thinking about or maybe not. And you can always bounce ideas off them. Like for instance, I'm sitting here talking to you because um, this is my full-time job now. It's my full-time job right. because of a conference that I went to a year ago. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important. It's just, you know, it's just a matter of being really intentional, having a clear learning plan for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you're a solo printer like me. Um, what are you going to do to iterate your product and your service and make it better for your for your clients? But um, you know, it's just about being really intentional. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good answer. Um, so, if you're passing a couple lessons on somebody's an employee, they're trying to make the leap from a side hustle into a full-time thing. What's one or two of those lessons or pieces of advice that you'd want to pass on? Okay. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I ever, ever got. Um, when I started my side hustle, this is a story, if we have a time. We, of course we have time. Okay, so when I started my side hustle, I had just gotten out of forensic accounting. Um, and I have a bunch of buddies who are um, family law attorneys. Okay. I was at a party. One of my buddies from high school, family law attorney, says, you should really think about doing consulting in family law probably get you a bunch of business. I said, I don't know anything about family law. <laughs> so, so what did I do? I went to a conference. I was at a conference three weeks before my first child was born. Why my wife let me go, I will never know. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's gutsy even to ask. She, yeah, she, yeah, bless her. She's, she's awesome. Um, so I go to this conference. I'm sitting there. I learn about family law. And uh, I just happen to sit down next to a guy who practiced in that area. And we got to chit chat and, and uh, kind of told him what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. He goes, "You just have to rip the bandaid off. Just go do it." And um, so, rip the bandaid off. It's got to kind of become a mantra in our house. Okay. And it festered for a long time, and it's actually still festering because I'm talking about it, right? Um, but rip the bandaid off. That's one. Um, I think number two is that realize that having that side hustle 
uh, is a value add for you because you're learning how to run your business before you actually have that risk of, hey, how am I going to pay my mortgage next month? Right. So yep. I, th I think there's a lot of value in that. So I, I, I think don't discount that for yourself. And then uh, number three, realize that it's not going to be perfect out of the gate and that right. you just, you're going to need to be constantly iterating toward great, yep. whatever that's going to look like. Okay, so the name of the show is Success Defined. So how do you define success in your life? Um, freedom. So being able to do, um, you know, what I want, when I want. Okay. Um, and that, that probably sounds a little bit crass, or, or more crass than I intended. It's literally the answer that I got with the last podcast that, that that's I did. awesome yeah it's fantastic that's, that's yeah that's that's really good yeah. um, and that's part of the reason why I'm out on my own right is because yep. if I want to implement a new process or I want if I want to try something out um, I can I don't have to go ask anybody to do it right uh, it's just my time yeah. and my time um, you know if I if I want to be sitting here doing a podcast with you I can yeah. um, if I want to go pick up my, my kid from school early and, and go to the golf course I can um, I can market to whoever I want. I can work with whoever I want. Um, to me, that's freedom. And then, you know, being able to, um, you know, kind of the, the eat what you kill thing, right? Yep. So being able to determine how much I make based on how hard I work and, and who I work with and how I control my pricing and my product and stuff like that, yep. allowing me to have the lifestyle that, that I that I want to, you know, outside of my business, and providing that for my family. Yeah, yeah no, that's great. Um, Okay, last two. Uh, okay. What is one thing in the world that if you could change, you would, and then why? Um, that's a good question. Uh, can I give you two? Yeah, what do you yeah, give you two? Sure. All right, so one. No, it's a podcast. There's no. Yeah, right I can wrong do whatever answer. I want. Right? right? Cool. Okay, so I'll give you two. Uh, one is something I already talked about. Um, is education. So yep. redefining exactly what education is. Okay. Um, it's the attainment of knowledge and skills, and you know you can get that however you get that. Yep. Um, and then number two, I would say um, the silos that we're finding ourselves in, um, to some extent, I think is really troubling. Um, you know, social media, like you think about Facebook. You know, you, you you run around the platform and you like stuff, and then before you know it, you're getting stuff that's like that. Yeah, and it's all designed to keep you on the platform. And every platform is like that, and every form of media is like that. And so I think what you're finding is that people are are getting into their own silos, and then it gets kind of weird when you when you think about getting out of that silo if you've been in that silo long enough. Um, so I think as a society, we need to be thinking about that a little bit more intentionally than than we are because the cat's out of the bag, you know. And it's what you know, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, you know. And yep. I think it drives a lot of the problems that we see societally um, that we're having now. No, that's that's a really interesting topic that you hit on that has not been brought up on the podcast before. So I like that a lot. Yeah, from um, a marketing perspective, it's great because you can target exactly who you want, yeah, what you want, which is why I said earlier. You know, I just thought you'd go out and run a bunch of Facebook ads, and then before you know it, you're rich. Right. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's just a really interesting problem that we find ourselves in. Like you, you know, twenty years ago, um, when my um, when my dad bought our first computer that hooked up to AOL, you know, via dial-up. I mean, who would have thought that you could go on to, right. that you'd have Facebook or yeah. something like Facebook? Yeah, it's really bizarre. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, Tim Ferriss uh, has an Instagram account that he only follows people or topics that he's learning about. And then when 
he's done learning about that and moves on to something else, he just gets rid of all of them and follows somebody new. That's really cool. Yeah, so that's a great idea. Yeah, so it's like creating the silo you want to be in. Yeah. So you're getting hit and bombarded with all the stuff you want to be. Yeah, that's it's really cool. Yeah. Okay, last one. You and I are having a conversation three years from now. What has happened in that three-year period where you can look back and say that was a successful point in your life? Successful point in my life? Um, you know, just getting to the point where the business is is um, has grown and it's sustainable. Um, hopefully, providing more opportunity for my family because the business has been sustainable and. and um, you know, that gets to me spending more time out of my business yep. or getting, you know, I'm going through the solopreneur phase right now where it's like 24 seven. Yeah. Um, and so kind of getting out of that, getting off that hamster wheel to the point where I can be a little bit more intentional about how I spend my time as opposed to the next fire, yep. right. Or building, building whatever. Yep. Um, so that's probably what it looks like. Just, you know, continually increasing that freedom that I talked about from, if I've got more freedom three years from now than I have right now. Then you're going in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, then yeah. it's a win. Yeah, and it's never <laughs> gonna be perfect. The whole thing is an iteration. Uh, the business, for all I know, the business is gonna look totally different in three years. Yeah. It very well could, I don't know. Um, but uh, just having that, you know, just keeping that open mind and keep learning and, and you know, like I said, if, if in three years that's that's where it is, then that's a success in my mind. Great, yeah, I like it. So where can listeners and viewers find you any any final message you want to get across sure all over the place with the exception of snapchat okay <laughs> so um uh chris at betterwaycpa.com that's the email address 843-608-0298 phone number and we'll, we'll, we'll put that in too yeah it's perfect so facebook linkedin twitter quora i post on quora every single weekday okay um I found that during tax season, though it's only five, it's five times a week, not necessarily every weekday. So uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make good on that promise. But Instagram, uh, I'm on Pinterest too. Um, okay. I've got a marketing agency that got me on the Pinterest. I didn't even know what Pinterest <laughs> was. Uh, but yeah, you can find me everywhere. Website BetterWayCBA.com. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely.